Thanks very much, Jack and Simon, for leading us in there. And the perfect segue of, yes, always a man with plenty to say, and we're looking forward to hearing a lot of that now. This very special edition of the MotoGP podcast, again, coming to you as part of our Gear Up show. Welcome also to those who are listening after via audio. I'm Fran, and we have Raslan Rosali, team principal and founder of the CryptoData RNF Aprilia MotoGP team. We've got a nice long team name this year <laughs> exactly. to keep us all on our toes. So, Raslan, we'll start with the easiest question. Hello, welcome. How are you? I'm a bit more calm now. A little bit more yes. calm. We saw your social media update on the way, not so calm. I yeah, think it was of course. feeling angry. It was still, <laughs> still feeling the after effects, but yeah, we accept what it is, so we just move forward. We do move forward. So, obviously, like I just said to you a minute ago, Jack said in the introduction there as well, the big talking point, the elephant in the room, as we have the idiom in English. I don't want to not ask you about last weekend, obviously. There were some positives, and we'll definitely move on to talk about a lot of those. It's a whole new era for your mm. team this year, some yes. great stuff to look forward to. But obviously, huge disappointment for you guys that Miguel can't be here after that high side on Friday and then that extremely dramatic incident on Sunday that's still generating headlines in one way mm. or another. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? We saw the team put out a statement as well. How, how is it now? Ooh, well, where do we begin? Huh? Um, I think after the news that we received on Monday on the way to Lisbon to take a flight to Buenos Aires, uh, uh, Paulo Oliveira uh, gave us a call and said that unfortunately after the checkup uh, with Miguel, with his doctors, um, he's declared unfit because his, the injury was quite um, damaging. And that's another punch in the face, if you, if you can say it. So, so another disappointment, frustration. We feel for Miguel. You know, I mean, even when we look on the, at, at the replay, I mean, it's a big hit. Uh, maybe yeah, on yeah, quite yeah, maybe on Sunday because of adrenaline. You know, and, and he himself wants to try and be fit for for. I mean, he was already after that crash on Friday. He'd already put a lot of that personal grit. Yeah. into racing in yeah. the TSA Sprint and then starting the Grand Prix Correct. as well, hadn't they? So. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so when we received that news that finally he's, he's unfit, yeah, it's a bit uh, we're more angrier. And hence we need to put out that, that statement because I think this kind of reckless racing or action it's, it's, needs to be dealt with more seriously. Okay, well, it was certainly an interesting thing to read for obviously everyone who received it that you felt so strongly that you wanted to make that statement. What are you, are you trying to look into anything else that you can do or are you just like, no, this is what we think and I'm going to keep saying it until people pay more attention? Yeah, I mean, we, we, kind of we, we reached out to the people in FIM, uh, not necessarily the stewards. Uh, I just felt that with all the, what has happened, there will be more proactiveness from the stewards to sit down with all the stakeholders and go through whatever it is that needs to be discussed. Because this cannot be going on forever. You know, I mean, I mean in a day of uh, modern MotoGP era, you know, where bikes are faster, aerodynamics, the track remains the same. Everybody's getting faster. You know, MotoGP riders, as we all know, they are crazy. You know. Uh, That's your quote, not ours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a good way. Um, but. This, this, the stewardship of the championship needs to be discussed further and refined and, and transparency. Speak to everybody, not, not to have these secretive meetings and before you know it, this kind of things happens. Well, I mean, obviously then, I'm going to ask you, not 
I guess kind of involved in the incident now. Obviously, we see there's been an appeal, and now it's gone to the Court of Appeal. Are you hopeful now that because it's kind of being challenged and everyone's talking about it a lot more, are you hopeful that something might come from that? Well, the actions of the stewards on Sunday speaks for itself, hence they are in this situation. You know, if, if only it was worded properly, you know, uh, then it's I end of story. Say, it's not been different for a long time, yeah. but this is such a, a, a new situation. So uh, it's... No, well, not necessarily new. I think we have, we have a lot of data in incidences in the past that we can all learn from, right? I mean, I mean, I mean it's, for Honda, for Mark, it's all about the loophole in the wordings. Okay? And of course, they, they, they have every right to challenge it. And now we are going through another process of appealing, uh, MotoGP Court of Appeal, blah, blah, blah. You know, when is it going to end? Will it, it, it will definitely not improve for moving forward. Okay, if they're addressing the, the, that situation, okay, fine, let, let, let the cost take its ways. You know, but after that, what's going to happen next? I was going to say, what do you want yeah. to happen next? Once I, it's I think we need to sit down and engage. Uh, stewards needs to sit down and engage with the riders, with the teams, with the stakeholders, and address this, not to sweep it under the carpet and let's wait until what happens the next time. Okay, yeah. well, well, we'll see then. We'll see what happens first, I guess, with, like yeah. you say, it's been referred to the Court of Appeal. See when we get a decision on that from, yeah, from those guys and the judges who will be chosen to mm. arbitrate it. But, okay, so that's obviously the big drama. <laughs> like we did say, though, there, was, there were plenty positive things in Portimao. It's a completely new era for your team now with Aprilia. Uh, you've got new title sponsor as well, lots of changes, and you've got Miguel and Raul. Miguel, obviously, we know he, we won't see him here. Get well soon to him and all our best wishes, but there was some really good pace in Portimao. And you must feel quite buoyed and excited for what you might be able to achieve this season with that bike. Yeah, we came into the first round with full of enthusiasm. You know, we felt rejuvenated. You know, I mean, we That's went, the word. Yeah. Buoyed isn't the best word. Yeah. Rejuvenated. Yeah, we, we were and motivated at the same time after what we've seen the boys did in Valencia. One day test and uh, Sepang and Portimao. Yeah, Miguel was like fourth in Valencia, wasn't he? Immediately, exactly. like really. On and, and I can feel the, the the glimpses of what we went through in 2019. You know, we went through a lot. I mean, I can't. I have not heard of any MotoGP team went through what we did. You know, we went through the three years of Petronas, wonderful three years. Uh, uh, nobody expect us to perform what we did in 19 and 20. I mean, to become... I remember speaking to you before and you didn't either, did no. you? It's like a crazy, exactly. just sudden... Uh, then we worked with the most iconic rider, like Valentino. Okay, then the thing hits the fan. Thing, <laughs> <laughs> clean, I like okay. it. <laughs> uh, and, and I took over the team. So basically, I, I had to rebuild a MotoGP team in the space of four years. Okay, uh, then that's when, okay, with Vale uh, in our final year, in the former team, our, our performance were not great. Same with last year. So we are desperate for results. And finally, when we had the chance to pick our own riders, we switched from Yamaha to Aprilia, because we know Aprilia have proven itself. And what we saw uh, in Valencia tests and 
follow up with Sepang, we we were excited. You know, we Wilco and I, we had this uh, feeling that oh, it's like in 2019 again. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yes, Miguel is an experienced writer. We're also hoping for Raul to 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 come up. You know, so so, but then it wasn't smooth because Friday both riders fell. Uh, Miguel had a big uh, high side just after Paul's crash. But then on Saturday, magic thing happened again. You know, he went from Q1 to Q2, came fourth, and we were like, ooh. And uh, sprint race. He was race. so close as well to that podium, so close. Yeah, so, so, and then comes the sprint race, the first new thing uh, for the championship, and he was there, you know, and okay, last corner, he went wide. But we were happy. I think he referred to that in the VIP villa in the VIP village premiere chat that we had with him as the scene of the crime. <laughs> Obviously. And I, I told him I, I told him, Yeah, you really want to go to the factory, is it? <laughs> so you let the two factory riders pass you. <laughs> I love that. I bet he didn't say yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh he had a big smile. <laughs> and 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 then the Sunday race. And for him to do what he did the first two races was amazing. You know, His start whole, was incredible on Sunday. Yeah, because for, like, for us, we know that, we know that over, over the season, they will do well. Okay? I mean, frankly, we were just targeting at least one podium for both rides. At least. You know, we, over we'll be happy. Season or o over, over this year. You know, that, that is the minimum thing that we, we put a target when for ourselves. When you say podium, you mean Grand Prix podium? Well, Sunday podium. Oh, God, a podium's a podium, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's our target. And, and the best chance for us is at Miguel's home circuit. That's the best chance. So we were looking forward, we were excited, the fans were there, you know, the spectators at the Grand Prix was good, you know, and then bang, in the third lap. Yeah, I can imagine. It's difficult to take, obviously, obviously for Miguel, uh, personally, obviously for you, and then all the guys who work behind the scenes as well, yeah. and I'm using guys in a neutral way, everyone in the team <laughs> who works behind the scenes yeah. to make it happen, because it takes a lot of effort from everyone to get that motorcycle on the track, set up and ready to race, doesn't oh, yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, that, that's hard because of the sprint races, you know, we work overtime Friday night, and then Saturday as well, so... It was worth it then, but then. But now that. you're like, oh, I want those hours back. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we will see those kind of results come in. But now here, then, obviously, a different weekend for the team on the cards, without Miguel, with Raúl. How is it having him in the team now? Because we heard a little rumor here, a little rumor there for a little while, and then finally now, you just said you've chosen your own riders yeah. this year as yeah. a team. You've got Raúl. How is it having him in the team after kind of waiting a little while to make it happen? I told Raul uh, the day before yesterday when we were sitting sitting next to each other on the way to here uh, in Terminus, and I'm like, wow, I can't, I can't imagine that both of us are sitting together because two years ago, you know, we were fighting with uh, KTM to take you, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, he's, Raul is someone that that we like in the beginning much earlier you know uh, after what he did in Moro 2 we, we really wanted him uh, of course we caused havoc with uh, the other manufacturer um, but it's worth the wait um, and what we did when we couldn't get uh, Raul we got his crew chief in Moro 2 and his first mechanic so you know just in a way just to be ready in case just gradually taking those parts of the puzzle thinking yeah, about the future you know um, yeah, so, but then what, what we learned from him is that he, he's 
very enthusiastic. You know, he really wants it, you know. So it came to the point that we had to calm him down and say, look, step by step. Step by step meaning that, you know, you have to relax, you have to have fun. Yeah. You know, he put so much pressure on himself. That's why he had a bad qualifying. Uh, then we sat him down and, and Noe spoke to him, Wilco spoke to him just to calm him down. And he did a good race on, uh, on, on Saturday. You know, uh, to be fighting with uh, uh, Fabio, uh, uh, with uh, Brad, uh, to finish in front of Brad is a good psychological uh, thing for him. Uh, but then Sunday he developed a problem with, it, with his shoulder, probably the, the suit is a bit too tight or whatever, he has lost the numbness on his right side and, and crashed. But at that time, before that, he was still fighting uh, uh, with Fabio and, I and remember, so. I remember him talking about pressure before when he was in Moto3 and he was very close to that first win and then always just seemed to miss out on it. And there's like the mental reset of like, right, okay, need to just go out there and enjoy is the top priority. Yeah, that's, I think that's it. That's I mean, still there. I mean, his, his talent is there, definitely. This, this boy is talented, but he just needs to calm down a little bit, you know, um, and, and enjoy it. Well, in terms of Miguel then, uh, more generally, obviously he's very experienced now. Um, with a different manufacturer, but he seems to be adapting well. He's got race wins in spectacular different circumstances. Uh, he's uh, done all different ones. How is it having him in the team? Because obviously, like you said, when you started your adventure in MotoGP, your kind of wonder kid was very new. Uh, Raul is obviously not a rookie, but it's earlier on in his MotoGP yep. career. How is it having Miguel at the start of this new project and someone with a bit more experience, if not on the bike? Well, uh, number one, Miguel was not even on our list uh, last year, okay, until he publicly said that he declined the offer by KTM. Uh, and we were like, oof, he's, he's available. He's so, an opportunity yeah, in the so air. So <laughs> at that time, we were talking to, I was talking to Massimo Rivola in terms of the riders. I mean, Raul was a given. You know, we both of us wanted Raul even in the beginning. It's, it's either uh, the Yamahas or the Aprilias. Um, so then, uh, with Miguel, the moment he made that statement, Massimo said, "Let's let's go and talk to to Miguel." So I went and spoke. I saw the father and said, uh, "We want to have a meeting." And immediately that evening, I can't remember. I can't remember now which which Grand Prix. We had a meeting with the father, and after that, in the evening, Miguel came. And a full presentation. This, is fast. this reminds me of your description of when you signed with Yamaha and decided to enter MotoGP. And it was like this sudden whirlwind of activity. And also, and when, then... we, also when we switched to Aprilia. <laughs> <laughs> well, was... Please tell us, tell us, we want to know. Um, yes, yeah, so then, then Miguel, Miguel was sold. You know? and, and, and Miguel is very meticulous in his ways, he's smart, uh, calm. Uh, and the guys are very impressed uh, with him, the, the, his crew chief Giovanni from Aprilia. Uh, and, to, and to see what he did in his first round with, with the RSGP compared to Maverick, for example. I mean, he's doing so much better. It's just unfortunate what happened on, on Sunday. So, so we, we believe he can, do, he can do something. Okay, well, I've got to ask the obvious question. When do you think he will be back? for this season. Do you have any idea on time shed? Of course he wants to be back scale. as soon as possible, uh, which the next opportunity is Austin. Um, At least there is that extra week this time, yeah, it's not back to back. Exactly, but. exactly. But um, we'll see. Um, even if, he, if he's able to ride in Austin, I don't think he'll be 100% fit, but he will, he will try. 
you know, but for us, we, we told him that his health is a priority. I mean, we don't want to see another Mark Marquez incident, you know. Um, so, so that's important. So, so we just wait. Okay, well, we hope then that we will see him back soon and, yeah, fighting fit, at least feeling a lot better yeah. after that. But, okay, then, well, talk us through then your deal with Aprilia. You, you've <laughs> given away that there's apparently a good story there. So, how, how did that all come about? Because, yeah, I know that it was a whirlwind joining the MotoGP grid. How did, it, how did this new era of RNF begin with Aprilia? Well, it's all back to my principle, my philosophy of being a satellite independent team. You know, when we first put a uh, idea of a new MotoGP team, when we had a discussion with Yamaha, we said that we wanted to be more of a partnership thing, uh, rather than you give me the bill and I pay, client uh, relationship. Uh, we thought we did that, you know, uh, and we showed that commitment being a development team right from the beginning. Uh, uh, we let Fabio go, you know, and we let Frankie go uh, um, to the factory team. Uh, then we had issues with uh, Petronas. Uh, so when we set up our new team, uh, RNF, in the first year, they gave us only one year contract, which I accept because it's a new company and everything. Uh, but then in uh, last year, we presented ourselves well, although the results doesn't show it. I mean. I mean, look at the second rider in, in factory. <coughs> you know, we were more or less same with Frankie in terms of performance, but in terms of presentation, what we have done, you know, we are not working from the boot of a car. You know, <laughs> you know, we have a big uh, hospitality. Everything was properly presented, just as how we did it when we were with Petronas. So when it comes to renewal, uh, my expectation is that okay, I've proven myself, so give me a longer contract because MotoGP is a business. You can't work on a one-year uh, uh, basis. You know, you have to plan with your sponsors, with your riders, etc., etc. You know, so um, um, they said no. You know, uh, um, and I felt a little bit dejected. I was sad actually because I love uh, the brand uh, Yamaha. Um, but I got, I was fed up as well, you know. And th that meeting in Mugello, um, the moment they gave me the final answer that I have to provide everything, you know, uh, additional bank guarantees, this, 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 then they will consider to give me uh, more than two years, you know. And I'm like, screw this. <laughs> you know, I went to uh, Massimo because we already had previous discussion. I guess you already, I mean, everyone was already aware previously obviously there was always questions when are Aprilia gonna add more machines to the grid when is Suzuki going to obviously Suzuki now has left the sport I guess did you when did you start did you have a casual conversation with Massimo or um, we were put on the spot of not having any manufacturer you know when when we were promised uh, by Yamaha and then suddenly VR46 came in and everything stops you know, and then and then the message that we got was, oh, you have to wait. You know, we evaluate. I said, oh, why? Why you need to evaluate? So, in fear of having an entry and no no manufacturer, we had we had to talk to everybody. I mean, I spoke to Ducati, I spoke to HRC, uh, and funny Aprilia as well. You know, so we already had that discussion in uh, 20, uh, 20, 2021, early. You know. Uh, we're just lucky that at that time, uh, 2020, last year, Aprilia was improving, so we were, we were lucky. 
You know, because it's in, not sorry, worked out badly for yeah, you, has it? <laughs> because in, in, in 2020, we were reluctant. I mean, the first priority was still with Yamaha, okay, but we were reluctant to switch. You know, but if we have to, we have to because imagine having an entry and we don't have a bike. <laughs> you know, so um, so we already had discussion with uh, Aprilia. So the moment uh, I got fed up with uh, Yamaha, I went to Massimo and said, "Okay, let's do it." So within a couple of hours, we. That's how quick it moves once you all have, the pieces are in to, place. You have to. I mean, we were such in a critical situation. You know, we need to know. Aprilia needs to know because they have to prepare the bikes for the next year. Yeah. Okay, Yamaha. Especially here, with every machine as a prototype, if you have that entry and don't have that bike, there's really exactly. nothing you can do. Exactly. So we had to make that uh, split decision, and, and we did. Well, and now you're here. Yes. <laughs> but in terms of working with Aprilia, then, what is it like? Because obviously, like you said, their bike is now... I think most would probably say the second best on the grid at the moment, the closest challenger to the Ducati. But it's been a journey. Yeah, second seen best incredible. because it's four Aprilias and eight Ducatis. That's always second best. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But um, yeah. yeah, so you've seen that that obviously real that investment from Noali really paying off in the results from the bike. Their riders have been great. You've got some great riders. How is it working with them now in this? era of kind of Aprilia being really a big player in that. Oh, amazing, amazing. Okay, f for, for me, the decision to switch to Aprilia was the, uh, was the discussion that I've, I've had with Massimo. He's a fantastic person. Uh, and the thing is, he's really involved, he's hands-on. You know, when, when in, on the other side, with the Japanese, you, you're like dealing with a broker, you're a middleman. You know, so you are talking to someone that is actually hands-on, okay? So my decision was, yes, I want to switch to, to, to Aprilia. But then I needed Wilco to, to buy into it, you know? Uh, so Wilco, who has been in, in a pedal for the longest of time, the most ex one we'll of the most experienced We'll have to invite guys. Wilco back on yes, here as yes, well for, for the more party-centric yeah. stories at some yeah. point. <laughs> and, and, you know, you cut him, his blood Bleeds is blue. Mergy. Yeah, and blue. <laughs> Okay. Blue, wow. so, I, I, so I had to speak to him. So he has some reservations. Yeah. So what we did was, I told Massimo, the most important guy technically is to bring Wilco in. He needs to be convinced. So we had a meeting, myself and Wilco, with all the guys that actually built the bike. Okay, from Massimo to Romano to the aerodynamics, electric, uh, electronics, everybody, we sat there. And we can communicate with them in English. So we know exactly what they're doing with the RSGP. And that gives us a lot of comfort, the openness, the transparency, the, the, what they're doing. And, in, and from that moment, we'll go say, yep, let's do it. That's the kind of relationship that we have. And, and furthermore, you have Paolo, the team manager, who said, look, Razlan, you know, we want you to be successful. Uh, if you can beat us, great, you know, that's what we want because we need to show that the bike works. Um, uh, and th that's great. You know, you don't get a factory to say, it, to, yeah. to say that Is it that, that partnership that you wanted originally you before? Yeah. You feel that you, you you've feel got it. that with Aprilia now? And, and the best thing is when we set up the pit, Raznan, we, we don't want the wall between uh, the two teams. You know, we want to be able to come in and out. Oh, fantastic, it's fine <laughs> with me, you know. And, and then you see from, from Valencia, you see Massimo hovering in and out, Paolo, Romano, everything. That's the next thing I was going to ask in terms of like information sharing and yeah. how it all works together. Is yeah, it? It's unreal, it's so nice, you know. 
I guess that's also super helpful for the newer riders on the bike as well that you've got in your team to yes, have access they, they, they to they feel that. it because at the end of the day they, they sign with the factory okay yet they, they feel that you know yes we are in an independent team a satellite team but we, they don't feel it they feel that they're in factory you know some something it could be demanding for like Raul because then you have all the factory guys running but he likes it you know, and, and we like it. The support that we get from uh, Aprilia is just amazing. So now, what colour does Wilco bleed? <laughs> Red. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Well, it's, I mean, it's obviously exciting whenever there are these kind of changes, and like we've seen your team with so much success before. You said about targets for the riders then in terms of podiums. What about the future going forward for the project? Where do you kind of see? Well, again, uh, our understanding with uh, Massimo is that we need to develop young riders. You know, uh, the idea is for the riders in the satellite team to go to the factory team one day. Okay, that's the plan. And for us, yes, as much as personally I want minimum one podium, for us to be close to the factory riders or ahead of them, that's great. You know, because we know what Alish and Maverick can do on that bike. If we can be as close to them or better, that's, that's the target. If we, can, if we get more than that, then it's a bonus, you know. But we are looking for, we, we need to start looking for young riders coming up. Of course, Aprilia uh, has an objective with Italian riders. They want an Italian rider on their bike, so we're, we're looking. Uh, but maybe in, a, in the second year we start looking because it's still the season still new. Obvious question now: Who are you looking at? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. Does that mean primarily? I guess in Moto Two. Definitely. I, yes. I guess you will be one of the biggest advocates for picking a talent from there. With what we've seen from Fabio, yes. Who, obviously, incredible hype when yes. he was in the junior categories and a tougher time in Moto Two, but that paid off so much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, see the thing, when you have a good bike, people, people look, especially the younger guys, they, they look. I mean, at the end of the day, when they go to MotoGP, they want to be on a nice package. So it's, it's so, so important for the Aprilia to do well. And already, when we put Miguel and Raul in their first time in, on a bike, they, they've done it well. It's like how Fabio when came to us and got on an M1. Suddenly, boom! He 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 just clicked with the bike, and everybody wants to be on a on a yeah. Yamaha. <laughs> you know, tell me then who wants to be on a Prelia? Probably no one. You know, but now when 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 we we have two additional riders, I'm like, wow. You know, for, for Raúl to do well and Miguel to fight in the front, I mean, the bike is good. You know. Okay. Well, I mean, it won this very Grand Prix last year. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so so that's important. Then then it's easier to get good young riders. You yeah, know? I guess you yeah, the both sides have to have that interest and yeah. yeah, I guess how it is it just a case of feeling like you said, rejuvenated and really excited about this then? Because like you said, it was the first Aprilia win last year. Now it seems like the era has so quickly become one where Aprilia are always at the front, it's expected to be a great bike. But it must be really exciting to be part of the journey now and contributing to what could be a really huge chapter for them. In their yeah, kind because of um, like I said, we, we are desperate for good results. You know, we know what it's like to win and we definitely know what it's like to be losing. You know, I mean, to be in a world championship, to fight 
as a team to fight for second last and not being last, it's not, it's not a good feeling. And I think it's, we're there for too long. I'm a competitive person. Wilco is, everybody is. You know, we, we want to be able to, at least given the same materials to compete, you know, a, a chance. Because when you say you're a competitive person as well, people at home, like, you do like Ironmans and stuff, don't you, for <laughs> yes. fun? So it for really fun, is. Yes. <laughs> I, pay like, for, I pay for the torture. Like my absolute worst nightmare. And you're like, oh, yeah, great way to spend yeah, a weekend yeah. off. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess, yeah, that competitive. Do you feel that fire again then? Yeah, yeah, we, we felt it. I mean, again, you know, I, I relied on Wilco a lot from, for his experience. You know, already he, he said that when we... When we had Valentino in 2021, he said, oh, it's going to be hard. And true enough, it's hard. And then when we, because of the circumstances that we're in last year, when we had to take Dovi and Darren, he said, it's going to be harder. And yes, it was harder because Dovi stopped, Cal Crashdu came back, it was a mess, you know? Uh, and finally, when we had to choose our riders for this year, he had that feeling you know his instinct says oh this time around we can we can do something and same here you know and the moment we did our first test we said okay this year could be different this year could be 19 again maybe okay well we very much look forward to seeing if it is and i think with all what you've said about wilco in this episode he definitely now has an invite for later in the year to come <laughs> and take that chair because um, yeah we've had him on before talking more about him but it'd be great to talk to him as well about his view of this yeah. kind of new side of the project so thank you very much for joining us Most we welcome. will now let you go i believe you've already had lunch so we'll just let you go <laughs> and enjoy the rest of your afternoon and get back to the competitive grind and uh, here we will pass back to jack and simon and uh, from for all of you listening on audio we'll just say goodbye and thank you very much for joining us and thanks very much raslan best of pleasure luck. thank you